Hi, and thanks for joining the SJ Child Show. The SJ Child Show brings value to families through education and resources. But the SJ Child Show isn't just about me. It's about us as a community. Join me as we help educate and support our community, help bring kindness and love and inclusion to all. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and watch. I really appreciate all the support from all of the viewers and listeners. And I just want to let you know, I want you to join me on this journey. Come and follow my social media and let's do this together. Enjoy the show. Introducing Autism Vehicle Home Safety Kits, Emergency Responder, Alert Stickers, Personal Profiles with Autism Needs and a Communication Board, Masks and Earplugs, Keeping Families and Emergency Responders Educated and Safe. Get yours today at sjchilds.org. Helping autism families impact their child's developmental milestones through home relocation, community resources, and home designs. For every three homes Natalie Castro sells, she funds and designs a sensory room for a community center servicing individuals with autism. She volunteers to coach law enforcement, first responders, and ER nurses how to have a positive experience for individuals on the autism spectrum. Hi, welcome to the SJ Child Show. I'm your host, SJ Child, and today I have a wonderful guest, Ron Sanderson, and he is coming all the way from Michigan to visit me in Salt Lake City. I love that we have this way to connect. Thank you so much for being here today, Ron. Thanks so much for having me here. I even brought my mascot, the honey badger. Yes. And you show me your your vest again. So nice too. the Baltic from the Ukraine from Ukraine. So beautiful uh, and supportive. That's wonderful. I am so excited to get to know you more today and hear the story. And I've been following you a little bit and I'm seeing all of these amazing things that you're doing, um, especially for the autism community. So let's talk about your story and how it all started for you. So my built or my development began normal. I said my first word, mommy at nine months. Then I went through a time of regression at 18 months. I went from being able to say mommy to only mom, mom. And I went from having perfect eye contact to no eye contact and my with the speech development delay and the um, social development delay, my mom knew there was something drastically different between me and my brother Steve and Chuck. So she immediately took me to a pediatrician. Pediatrician said, men are like fine wine, you gotta give them time. Women are like flowers, they blossom quickly. Oh. And my mom knew that time was the essence. She got me in speech therapy and I was in intense speech therapy from age two to 16. When I was seven years old, my speech was so delayed. My brother Chuck would introduce me to people saying, you need to meet my brother Ron. I think he's from Norway. And no one knew what I was saying, but him. So he became an expert on Norwegian languages. At age seven, I was diagnosed with autism. And the experts said when I was diagnosed in 1982, if he has autism, I'll never read beyond the seventh grade level, never attend colleges never have meaningful relationships and never excel in sports. My mom, being a great mom, was determined to prove the experts wrong. She quit her job as an art teacher and became a full-time 
Ron teacher, and she used art to teach me um, social skills and able to learn. I also had not only dyslexia, all right, not, not only had autism, but I had also dyslexia. So whenever I'd write my name, I'd write it backwards. And mm. my mom used art to teach me. These are some pictures I made when I was only five oh. years old. She'd have me tell her stories. She'd write them down, then I'd rewrite them. Within yeah. two years of having dyslexia, I went from dyslexia to no dyslexia. Um, and with her help, I was able to graduate from Oral Roberts University with a Master of Divinity and perfect four-point grade point average. I went on to get full ride to college for track and cross country. I went on to get married on December 7, 2012, the anniversary of Pearl Harbor and having autism. I came in like a kamikaze, <laughs> a whirlwind of fire. That's and my then, son's birthday. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a great and day, then, Ron. Yeah, and then... um. Tomorrow is actually, we're celebrating my daughter Michaela's sixth birthday. Happy she was born on March Michaela. 20th, but I have to work every other weekend. So we chose this weekend, the weekend I have off from the hospital for um, us to celebrate her birthday. And I also have a unique gift over 15,000 Bible verses memorized word perfect. And um, I have four, I have three traditionally published books and I just, um, getting ready to sign a contract with my publisher for my fourth book. They said they're going to pick it up. And my latest book is Views from the Spectrum, A Window in the Faith in Life, Your Neurodivergent Child. My book, first book, A Parent's Guide to Autism, Practical Advice, Biblical Wisdom, which was in Barnes and Nobles and every national um, bookstore, was the top selling Christian book on autism, top five all time amazing oh my heavens i i mean i have chills because number one yay for mom mom believed yeah. and she could see in you the same thing i see in my kids and my husband and that is the beauty and the brilliance of autism that can be when you flourish and you foster those wonderful strategies for them yeah and you believe like my mom autism refined not cured and this is what autism refined is like you're walking on the hot black or autism unrefined looks like this you're walking on the hot black pavement and all of a sudden you feel something sharp it's a piece of glass and you get cut by it autism unrefined for me was zero social ability um speech delay and dyslexia now autism refined is you're off that hot black pavement you're walking along the ocean you feel something smooth a piece of glass that was refined by something greater than itself. It was refined by the ocean. It was refined by the grace of God, by parents spending time with their kid, teaching them those social skills, getting them interacting and exposing them to different situations. Now that piece of glass that's been refined, you don't throw it out. You put it on your neck as jewelry. You put it on a wall as art. And that's kind of the attitude my mom took is, um, I'm going to develop his gifts. I'm going to develop his skills and I'm going to have him serve before Kings and not obscure men's. Oh, I think that is just the best, the best, um, advice for anybody that's a new parent with a child with a diagnosis, you know, foster that child, like you said, refine all of the, the edges to be just beautiful, uh, the wonderful, wonderful metaphor. Yeah. And one of the things my mom did is she used my stuffed prairie dog, Prairie Pup, to teach me. And Prairie Pups had met 
every celebrity from Temple Grandin to Screech from Saved by the Bill to Muhammad Ali. He's been wow. everywhere from Israel to Madagascar where I've done speaking engagements. So I've been able to take him everywhere. But she saw that special interest and she worked with that to get into my world. So I get into her world. Oh, that's great, Ron. Did your mom ever go back to those doctors or did you ever and take them one of your books? <laughs> um, I've been wanting to. There's a the guy who di- um, diagnosed me in 1982, Dr. Delgado. I've thought about actually going by his office. It's only about 30, 40 minutes yeah. from where I live. So I think um, it'd be a good thing. Give him one of my books and him read yeah. it over and see how far I've come. Absolutely. Good education for him to maybe not hand out that kind of um, sentence when they hand out a diagnosis, right? He wasn't the one who gave me that diagnosis. It was uh, experts in the school. He just said he has autism. And then the experts in the school said if he has this diagnosis, he's only going to be able to do this. And then there's one teacher who I had, third grade teacher, and I've reached out to her and shared with her how much she's helped me. So when I was in third grade, they had a contest for Detroit Edison, a poster contest. And Detroit Edison, their commercial was this. It's a boy with Isaiah Thomas, who's a Hall of Fame basketball player. At that time, he was a young player in the NBA. And Isaiah says, the boy, look up. And the boy says, but I don't see anything. And then Isaiah Thomas says, good, because there's no electrical wires. So I end up doing a drawing of Prairie Pup. He's working on building a fort with squirrels. And it says, look up. You don't want to become a furry fried friend and a squirrel <laughs> about to hit a transmitter with a hammer. And I end up winning for all of Oakland County. Uh-huh. And I end up meeting Isaiah Thomas. And there's a picture of Prairie Pup with Isaiah Thomas. So wow, I've had teachers use that art to help me learn, which really helped me develop those skills for being able to write the books and do everything else mm-hmm. I've been able to accomplish in life. Oh, that's amazing, Ron. What about um, socially when you were maybe going through school? What did that look like? What types of like, did you have, you know, a close friend or any groups that you might have been close to? Or did you just feel like many, you know, just a little bit outside of, of all of it? So here's what happened with me. When I was really young, I had very difficult time socializing. I remember it about age six. I had a cowboy hat and went to a party and I was stemming with it, swinging it, and kids were afraid of getting hit. So at the birthday party, they stayed away from me, not getting hit by that cowboy. But And I remember in third grade, that's when I started to really make some friends. But the problem was when I was growing up is every year they'd move the special ed department. So I had to move schools. So from um, kid, or elementary school, to beginning eighth grade, I attended four different schools because I had to move wherever the special ed was. So I didn't really have the ability to make all those friendships. And then the toughest years for everyone with autism, I tell everyone this is middle Middle school school. because middle school, even though you're awkward, everyone else is awkward, but your awkwardness becomes weirdness and weirdness equals bullying. So I received Mm -hmm. a lot of bullying in elementary school. And um, even more in uh, middle school. And um, by the time I got to high school and I got in athletics, that's when it ended the bullying, when I became a fast runner, with fast enough to be able to um, run in college and get yeah. for a ride. 
Oh, that's amazing. And how do you think that that form of exercise and athleticism helped you with um, maybe like regulation? So they showed the um, test that with um, exercise and sports involvement, that sensory issues go down about 60% and um, you're able to sensory integrate better when you're um, doing stuff that's athletic because your brain's able to process much easier with um, the exercise actually works on your brain. Because there's an old saying where your body goes, your mind will follow. So I found that when I started running, my sensory issues of sound, sight, and other things, they went down and I was able to control myself much better. I had very few meltdowns once I started in athletics. I also had low blood sugar um, when I was in elementary school and that went away with athletics. And Mm. I think athletics is one of the best things people with autism can do because it helps center our minds. And a lot of times our minds are kind of goes through times where they're kind of cloudy or in um, foggy and um, athletics helps us be able to center them and be able to stay clear mind. And I think too, is it track and field you're around other people, but it's not like soccer or baseball or football where it's you're working with a team you're a one-man team, and I think mm-hmm. that's why people with autism do better at stuff like um, surfing or yeah. track and cross-country or tennis or different sports mm-hmm. where it's more you competing with someone else, but you don't have a bunch of people where you have to be involved and you get that social dynamics in competing. Oh, that's really, really great um, way to say that because I remember – being in, in track and everything. And I agree that it was like, just to be out there and not have to just to run and not have to think about like who I have to bump into, or, you know what I mean? It's, you're just yeah. on your own. You're like, and you're always wanting to be your own best self, which I think is one of the most empowering things. Yeah, definitely helps you on that route. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now when you get into high school and you're doing more athletics and stuff, when did you start dating them? So uh, the first girl I ever asked out on a date, I was already asked her out. She was a junior. I was a freshman. And then she said these words when I was on the phone, how come you sound like a robot? You have no inflection in your voice. So I thought I'd be cute. I said, I'm like a transformer. I'm more than meets the eyes. And I still didn't get it. <laughs> date with that girl so in college I was very shy I dated a few girls and at Oral Roberts University it was five girls for every one guy it's like Isaiah 4 1 on that day <laughs> seven women will take hold of one man and um but I was so shy back then that I didn't really date much and then um I decided I wanted to get married and when I was about 35 years old I got on plenty of fish it was plenty of squid I would still be single if there's plenty of whale. I might've gotten killed out there (laughs) in the dating scene. And um, I dated a bunch of women and then kind of learned the art of dating. One, some of the things I learned is be interested, but not hovering. A lot of people with autism will hover and they become obsessed with that girl. They like, Um, it's not you, it's them. So if someone treats you bad, the next person they date, they're going to treat the same way. And to just show love and, 
acceptance. And then after about three years of dating on um, Plenty of Fish, I met my wife on there. And now we've been married. This coming December will be 10 years. And we dated um, a good year and a half before we got married. So we've been together almost 12 years. Oh, congratulations. My husband and I have also been together 18 years this year. Wow. Um, yeah. And it's so fascinating. We were friends for when we first met and then we kind of started, you know, realized, oh my gosh, we think we like each other. And we flipped a quarter whether or not we should date. <laughs> <laughs> and it was heads and here All we good. are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was great. Well, and I love that you, you know, you went after what you wanted. You wanted to have a family. You wanted to go to college. You wanted to have a family. You wanted to have, have, you know, have kids. Um, and tell us about what it's like to be a dad. So it's, um, a lot of work being a dad. Um, but luckily my wife does a lot of the working for me and we walk out too, cause my parents live five minutes away. So every day when I, um, go to work, I drop my daughter off at my parents house and she goes to school literally right down the street is a school from where my parents live and she goes there she goes to the same elementary school that I went to wow and so that's kind of cool yeah and um this was a cool thing too is that um the day she was born um my wife had a c-section so it took her five days to get out of the hospital get home and I came home from the hospital and the copy of my first book had just come in the mail from Charisma House. And literally, Two babies my wife born. Gave birth to <laughs> I gave birth to my first book. Oh, so it's kind of cool. Incredible. And um, she was born at 3.13 a.m., the area code of Detroit. Ooh. And um, another interesting story is that um, the um, anesthesiologist said when he, they were doing the C-section, I won't let you be in here to um, see the birth of your daughter. And I, or to cut the, when she comes out, I said, the honey badger in me, I'm autistic. I'm going to have a meltdown, tear this place down. So they let me stay. <laughs> they better have, right? And then later on that anesthesiologist, I end up meeting his kid. Oh, wow. Not even see, you're like despair, right? <laughs> and then he, he told me, you normally my dad doesn't back down to someone because he's six foot six. I said, he was going to back down to me. He's never <laughs> messed with a honey badger. Oh, that's great. And good for you for standing up for yourself, right? Yeah. I love that. You have a great, great spirit about you, Ron. It's amazing. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, what about now that you're, you know, family married, uh, where are you working? You said you are at, a, you said something about a hospital. Do you work at the hospital? Yeah. So I've been at Havenwick Hospital now for 14 years. Actually, wow. March is my 14th year at this hospital. I've never missed a day of work. Closest I ever came to missing a day of work was 2015, December 26. I had bronchitis. I had a home four fever. And I came in and said, take my temperature. I'm feeling a little sick. They took it and said, it's 104.3. You have to go home. So I didn't break my streak. They sent me home. So my streak <laughs> yeah. kept going. It was like Kale Ripken when he was injured. He'd play three innings and asked to be taken out. And since he played the three innings, he got his Never streak went on. And what's yeah. interesting is my boss, they called him at the time, the supervisor. I have a different supervisor now. And they said, your 
Rod came in. We're going to have to send him home. He has 104 fever. And he said, who comes in with 104 fever? And they said, well, we think he has Asperger's. And I overheard him on the other end. He goes, that's an ass. All right. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's great. Um, and it's do they know now? Like you probably shared with them that that's yeah, the case. Yeah, because I have all the books on April. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. April oh. 12th, I'm doing a paid gig for the hospital on overcoming um, a hopeless complex, autism, and mental health. So I'm doing a big um, workshop for Wonderful. them. And they have me do different events with them and um, at the hospital too. So yes. they all know. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic, Ron. I am working with a local real estate. She's an autism real estate specialist, and she helps families find homes, you know, that are um, autism friendly and she helps set up sensory rooms and works with like the whole team. She is just incredible. And so her and I have partnered up and we're working with our local children's hospital to redo a room in the emergency department for a sensory room for autism in the emergency room. And we're helping to train the staff and the ER staff. It sounds like your hospital has you right on hand to be able to help with any of that. Yeah. So my hospital is a mental hospital. It's a psychiatric okay. center, part of UHS. And um, I lead a group that's on mental health every day. Wonderful. And it's about, I have a 10 part series on mental health that I do every day. One of the different um, parts of that. So by the time someone goes through their seven to 10 days, they go through every one of the lessons. That's amazing. kind of nice. Yeah, definitely. You're providing such a great value to the community, which is so important. It's come a long ways, but it still has a ways to go. Yeah. That's for sure. Well, it has been so much fun to have you on today. Before we go, though, tell us where we can find your books. And I saw your website. Tell us your website and all of that. And I'll make sure all of the information is up on the screen and in the description box. All right. Thanks so much. So my books, again, are my first books, A Parent's Guide to Autism, Practical Advice, Biblical Wisdom. And this is when your kid gets diagnosed, everything you need to know to help them be successful. My second book is Thought, Choice, Action, Decision-Making It Really to the Power of the Holy Spirit. And it's a Christian apologetic book on spiritual growth. And mm -hmm. my third book is Views from the Spectrum, A Window in the Faith in Life of Your Neurodivergent Child. And all my books, you can go on Barnes & Noble's website, and they're on there, and you can get them from there. Views from the Spectrum was in Barnes & Noble, and same with A Parent's Guide to Autism. And um, you can get them all on Amazon. And then if you go to my website, spectruminclusion.com, my books are there too. And spectruminclusion.com is about empowering young adults with autism for employment. Currently in the United States, only... 3% of people with autism are gainfully employed, and I hope to change that. And yeah. my fourth book I just finished writing that Kriegel is going to publish also is on autism growth and transitioning adulthood. I always say this is I don't know what the title of my book is going to be when it comes out. All the books I've written, the publishers come up with new titles. Oh, that's interesting. And they always do. That's what my agent said, literary agent. Oh, so, yeah. 
Well, well, we're so happy to have these wonderful resources available for parents, grandparents, family members, teachers, and professionals, please, anyone that needs a little bit of extra resources, knowledge about autism, strategies to help your child succeed and be just as successful as Ron. Oh, is it possible? Goals, right? (laughs) Wonderful. Well, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show today. I look forward to staying in touch with you and following all of your successes. Oh, thanks so much. And an ending quote is um, Charles Spurgeon, by perseverance, a snail made it on the ark. So no matter how slow your kid is, even if they're slow as a snail, boom, if they're in the right direction, they're going to get on that ark. Oh, that's a wonderful, wonderful tale. I love how you have all these great little nuggets of stories and things like that. So I, I'd love to have you back on the show another time if you'd like to, to come on again. And yeah, I'd love to be back know, on, especially when my fourth book comes out. Absolutely. Let's stay in touch so that we can make that happen. Thank you so, so much today, Ron. It was a pleasure and we'll be in touch. Thanks so much. The SG Child Show, produced by SG Childs LLC. Thanks to all my viewers and listeners for your continued love and support. And thank you to the guests of the SJ Child Show. It's been an honor to have you on the show. Thank you to everyone who continues to support me. Go to my social media and let's build this community together through kindness, compassion, and education for others.